Hello and welcome to episode two of Kettering Connect, where we get together and talk about the sermon theme and the things we're going and teaching on Sabbath morning. Um, and this week is a special edition because we are in Easter week. And over Easter weekend, we're going to have three different reflections, Friday night, Saturday morning, and Sunday morning. So Pastor Jason and I get to uh, share a little bit of that. So this is Pastor Jason Calvert, the youth pastor at the Kettering Adventist Church. Yep, we have a good time. And this, of course, is Pastor Patty McCoy, the young adult pastor here at the Kettering Adventist Church. And we are nearly six feet apart from each other. So wives, so we're, we're good. Worry, yes, we're okay. Yeah. Andrew um, and Trisha, we're good. Yeah, yes, we're good. But we're going to jump into this. So Jason, go ahead and have yeah, a prayer absolutely. for us as we get started. Yeah, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for life, uh, for technology, and the ability to read the scriptures and be able to uh, discuss them and study them and apply them to our lives. Um, and so, Father, for many people right now, us included, uh, there may be more questions than answers. Um, but maybe walk away from this experience, understanding that that's okay, because above all, you are with us. So Father, we pray that you are with us, that you're with this conversation, you're with everyone listening. And in the end, may we all have an experience uh, being closer to you as our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, just for a quick recap, uh, the theme for the Kettering Church as we go through Easter is Easter gardening. Uh, we are looking at the gardens of Scripture, the gardens connected to the Easter story. So this last week, we talked about the Garden of Eden, and we called that the Garden Fall as the place where we fell into sin, thus the need for the other gardens right. that we're going to get to uh, for this episode. Um, so Friday night, Jason's speaking, and we're talking about Gethsemane. Saturday morning, uh, I'll be speaking on the garden uh, tomb, uh, the garden resurrection, and then Sunday morning, Pastor Monty Torkelson, uh, our executive pastor, will be speaking towards, uh, for a sunrise service, speaking towards the garden revelation. Uh, so we're going to start off with the garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jason, what uh, what is happening in the garden of Gethsemane? Why is that a part of this Easter arch and story. So as we have started this series, right, thinking and focusing and studying about these four gardens, it seems like there are two themes, at least to me, two themes really kind of jump out. Um, one, and that's in all four of these garden situations, one is this element of something new, right? Like there's something new that is about to begin um, as a part of the entire, you know, meta narrative. But then the other element is this God wants to be with us, right? This element of withness. And and I would say, you know, the, the big story of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation ultimately is this God who continues to chase after humanity. But with each of these garden stories and each of these garden scenes, it's like God is about to do something new in this chasing. So within the Garden of Gethsemane, um, we see that God is doing something new while chasing humanity, and that is... When Jesus is praying, right, he collapses, praying to the Father. And, and we read this, um, this prayer. He says it three times, according to Scripture, this idea of let this cup of suffering be taken away. Um, and it's interesting. It's not that the mission needs to change. It's not that Jesus is thinking— the mission to save— To save humanity, humanity. right? Th that's never the question. It's not like he, he's double—it's not like he's double— um, guessing himself or, or thinking that this isn't what he is here to do. No, 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 that's it. It's just, does it have to happen this way? And so this understanding of, well, what is this cup of suffering that he is really, you know, burdened and burdened by? Um, and it's ultimately this idea of being separate from the Father and the Spirit, right? And so in this moment, it's the Son and the Father and the Spirit, the idea that the Trinity, who has always existed together, 
is being split. Um, and ultimately, that is the cup of suffering. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if, if you want to go into, uh, you know, this, this idea of newness, what, what's new that's happening here, too, yeah. what, I, what I see is... I mean, as, as believers in Jesus and in the Trinity um, and in the incarnation of Christ, we believe that Jesus was something that, that's hard for us to wrap our brains around, that he was fully human right. and fully divine. And what I see happening here in the Garden of Gethsemane is his humanity really comes out, even right. in this passage um, that, that in Matthew 26, uh, it says, uh, Jesus says to the disciples, the three that he's taken farther into the garden, Peter, James, and John, his right. closer confidants, he takes them farther in to support him. And he tells him, he says, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. This idea that this pain he's going through with the separation as he becomes sin and is separated from the Trinity um, is, is so much so that even in this moment, man, I'd almost take death as opposed to this feeling that I'm going through, which as humans, right. you know, like we get that. We, oh, we know what it's like to feel that way, although not fully the way that Jesus was feeling that. But but that's one thing in this this uh, Gethsemane mm-hmm. garden, and as I see his his humanity really coming to the surface. Right. And I think you totally, you know, nailed it when you talk about like sin. A lot of times when we think of sin, we think of examples of sin. Well, you just need to call that a sin, or you need to stay away from that type of sin. But in the end, sin really is just this experience of being separate from God, right? You know, missing the mark, being separate, being different, not being with God. And so taking on this new experience for God even to be split, to not be together in order for us to be with him. That is a brand new experience. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and and important, like you said, to recognize this is not just Jesus suffering. Yeah, right. This is God the Father and God the Spirit suffering mm-hmm. because for the first time ever, ever. you know, yeah. that there is this break in this relationship mm-hmm. all for us, mm-hmm. all that they're willing to go through for us. So mm-hmm. so in what way yeah. is this garden do you see, you know, connected to the events of Calvary? I mean, what's the what what happens here right. that that allows the the rest of the story to continue? So right as the scriptures are explained, he Jesus is ghost he leaves his, his closest confidants, goes a little further away, but close enough so they can still hear and still kind of see, um, comes back, sees them falling asleep, right? It's like that time when he really needs his people to be with him, and they're not, right? And we've all experienced that, right? No matter what we're, we have going on, it's always better to know that there are people with us, praying with us, praying for us, or the entire situation. So he goes back he, at this time when he really needs people with him. They're not. He wakes them up, says, I need you to really keep praying. He keeps going. Um, but eventually, he looks back and his disciples, those closest to him, they're, they're not there. Yeah. Um, and he's really agonizing, as you said, right? He says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. But then he makes this decision yeah. and he's like, no, um, not my will, but your will. Um, again, not that the mission is going to change, but does it have to be this way? Do we have to be separate? Does the Trinity really have to cease just for this, you know, this time in order for humanity to be saved? And eventually he comes to this conclusion, no, this, this is the Father's will. We have to be separate like this. And so he's like, okay, um, then I'm going to go through with it. And so eventually he gets to this point of, I am making this decision. I am following through. I am all in. Um, and then, according to the scriptures, an angel comes and serves him. So he still has some support. Yeah. It's just not from his disciples. Right. 
Right. And, and so the feeling that many of us, I think, are experiencing even now in the yeah. COVID and, yeah. and sheltering in place and isolation is this utter alone, yeah. you know, solitude. Like Jesus knows what mm-hmm. that's like. He, mm-hmm. he knows. And, and, and to me, it is significant. It's the Garden of Gethsemane that he makes the decision, yes, let's go through with this as, as right. planned. Right. Uh, and so it's, it's significant. It's, it's the battle and, and fully just like wrestling with the forces of darkness, but we're going to do this. Um, and, and then we see that on throughout the, mm-hmm. uh, the arrest and the, uh, the beating that he takes and all these kinds of things. Like what's interesting to me is that we often think of, you know, crucifixion was no doubt oh, right. one of the worst things ever designed to torture and kill someone. And the Romans knew how to, how to make it last. Right. right? Right. right. They didn't uh, invent it, but they did perfect it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so to, to me, and, and I know watching the Passion of the Christ mm-hmm. movie that came out several years back, I mean, it's horrific mm-hmm. to watch. I think historically they did a good job at saying this is what it was like. But what they can't portray is they can right. portray the physical suffering. Right. They can't portray what was going on inside of Jesus and the spiritual suffering and that disconnection, which I think way worse. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you've ever done anything um, to, you know, make Trisha mad. I know probably not, right? But, but you know, you can imagine yeah. doing something to, um, that would get in the way of your relationship with, you know, someone who you're really intimate, passionately in love with. Um, and then, you know, you have, you made that decision or you said that one thing and, and it separated you for a short while. Well, it's that, but, you know, you know, times a Google or whatever um, for all of humanity, you know, this idea of, you know, all of this guilt and all of this pain um, of being separate, but for, for all of humanity, right? I mean, yeah, that is that is out of control. What I think is interesting is, you know, Hebrews 12. Um, so, you know, how did how did he get through? Yeah. And Hebrews 12 says, because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Well, what is this, right? And that's kind of a weird paradox. How can, here's the son being split from the father and the spirit, experiencing all this pain and guilt and suffering for all of humanity, experience joy, right? That doesn't really make sense. But I think it, again, goes back to this idea of, no, it's one day humans will be with God, right? And all of this is to that end, right? That is the purpose, is for humanity to be reunited again uh, in this beautiful relationship, intimate relationship with God. That is the joy. Well, and and, and to break that down even further, right, is that the joy then is you. Yeah, right. The joy is me. It is the joy set before him was us. Like, I can do this if it gets me them. Right. Um, so obviously, we, we, we go through uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, yeah. the arrest, the crucifixion. Saturday, it's quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is this silence kind of as Jesus is in the tomb. Um, you know, the, the one day that the Trinity yeah. did not exist, right. right? Which is crazy to think about. But then we get to Sunday morning mm. and, and we get to the women go out to the tomb to check things out. Uh, well, to not check things out, they, they, they go to finish the burial process. Yeah, well, and let's be right. honest, they know that men started it, so it probably needs some work, right? They yeah. didn't finish it through, so yeah, yeah they're going yeah. to finish. So they're, they're going there, uh, and, and we go to the story uh, for us, we're going to spend time in John, John oh, cool. 20, yeah. um, you know, and that's, that story is Mary Magdalene. Yeah, uh, she's the focus. She goes and she realizes that, that the tomb's been rolled away. There's no body, and she thinks someone has stolen the right. body, right? Because right. she can't imagine any other possible outcome, right? Um, than than that. Um, so, which well, is interesting because Jesus kept saying, "No, in three days, in three days, in three days." But yet, you know, for his closest followers, that never really sunk in. It, Usually, it, when someone dies. 
They just stay dead. Right. And, and, and they couldn't because it didn't fit their paradigm of what Jesus came right. to do. So they couldn't understand it. John actually is the gospel writer writing the latest, right? And so he often will say they didn't get it at the time, yeah. but, yeah, yeah. Um, and he does that actually in the story, but um, she goes to the tomb, which we know was in a garden for a couple of reasons, because John says it beforehand that mm. the tomb was in a garden. Mm. He mentions a garden twice. And then when she actually encounters the risen Lord, mm. she mistakes him for, for a gardener. Yeah. Uh, and so this tie into the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of Revelation happens here in John's narrative right. of the story. Right. Um, and, and so I, I'll ask this. One thing that sometimes we, we, we overlook is that Mary is the first person yeah. to see the risen Lord. Yeah. Right, not a male, which especially in this time, that that's significant. Why, sure. why Mary? Because we know, right, that uh, in that time, a woman's testimony, right, right, it wasn't as it, it wasn't even in the same uh, sphere as a man's testimony. So it's one of those details that it's like it's so crazy that it must be true. Right, the story must if you be were true. Make this up, you wouldn't put that part in there. Right, right, and and we know that Mary has a special bond with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, that that there Mary was there at the at the cross mm-hmm. and that so so it's a to me it's beautiful that actually the first evangelist right the first one that jesus says go and tell them you have seen the risen lord yeah is a woman absolutely and and especially in, in our context today just how jesus elevated women um in in his story in his ministry is so important and so crucial for us right and like you said not just here as he's the risen savior, but throughout his ministry, yeah. women were uh, a vital part of, of everything that he did, right? Yeah. Breaking all of the social norms yeah. um, to with this end, this idea that no, women and men are equal, yeah. not just equal like in life, but equal in ministry and in serving God. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think what we'll see in the story and the teaching that we that we do on Sabbath is that we'll see that, that Jesus is, as he said he was, he is the gate. He's the right. gate from Eden to Revelation, right? Um, and we'll we'll talk more about that on Sabbath. As and we I think it was last year. I don't really remember, but we at one point we talked about the the beauty and the power of the folded napkin, yeah. Uh, right, the the grave clothes mm-hmm. of Jesus there in the in the cave in the tomb. He didn't just wasn't resurrected and then leave. Um, he he left the the door open not because he needed it to be moved so that he could get out, but ultimately for his people to come in and to see and experience. And I think, you know, significantly the folded grave clothes, right? The, the folded um, napkin there, because ultimately at that time in that culture, that was a symbol. Um, it was a, a way to communicate that he was coming back, right? Yeah. The, the one who's responsible for this whole thing, they're on their way back. Again, this idea of, okay, this is something new. We have this risen Messiah. We have this risen Savior. Um, but it, there's witness, right? He's coming back to be with his and, people. And just imagine what it would have been like to, to see him die, suffer the way that he right. did, to see him die, to have that Sabbath day of like, man, what in the world is going on? Everything we thought was going to happen is right. all our dreams are dashed, all our hopes, all our dreams, our expectations, and then he's alive. Right. I, I mean, that must have been a lot to just wrestle with. Like, man, what, what does this mean? What I... I, it's so crazy. Right. Um, but then, of course, this garden uh, yeah. experience gets us to 
revelation. Right. And, and we get to hear the words that I think it's, it's one of my favorite passages in scripture. Um, and it, it's words, yeah, uh, 21, yeah. Revelation 21, uh, John is saying what he sees and it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. The sea actually, interestingly enough, if you think about it, all John saw on the island of Patmos where he receives this vision is sea. Yeah. And and that separated him from everything else, but right. now it's gone. Right. Right. It's Anything gone. Anything that separates us from God, gone. Is ceases to exist. Yeah. Right. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down, and I heard a voice from the throne saying, "Behold, the dwelling place of God is with them. He will dwell with them, and they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain." for the former things have passed away. This yep. is what God, I think, has been waiting to announce right. the whole time. And right. so I wonder, like, who's more excited to hear these right. words? Right. Us, when the time comes, or God? Yeah, I actually think it's God. I think it's who God, is like, Right, because if you've ever planned a party or, you know, some sort of gathering for someone, specifically someone that you love, um, or, you know, someone's coming home from being away for a while— you are really excited for this. And so, no, I think since before time began, yeah. um, he has been planning for this moment. And that's, you know, all of, that's the big thread throughout all of this stuff is, yeah, there's something new, but it's always God, the gardener, taking initiative to be with his people um, leading to this. You know, this yeah. is the ultimate climax of all of it. Yeah, yeah. This, this is what he has been doing, everything, working to this moment. Right. Um, and, and now he gets to say, it's here. It's finally yeah. happened. And what I love yeah. about this is, is that if you actually look, both our Bibles are open. Yeah, this is the end of the story. Yeah, right. right? Wherever you There's start, a whole lot of this. Right, and now we're here. Yeah, wherever yeah. you start in this narrative, yeah. um, that the end of the story is being with Him in the place that He ultimately meant us to be in the first place. Right, right. Um, and and so I think that same is true. Like especially right now with COVID and everything else. Like mm -hmm. we don't know where the story is going to end right now, mm -hmm. but we know that this revelation is our end when we choose to mm -hmm. to walk with Jesus mm -hmm. and to believe in in these garden narratives mm -hmm. and and all that He's done in His sacrifice for us. And a lot of times it's easy to think that, well, he, Jesus and the Father and the Spirit, they do this for all of humanity and, you know, for large groups of people. But no, it's pretty clear that Jesus and the Father and the Son willing to do all of this and wanting to do all of this just for one person, right? Yeah. Just for the one who's watching right now or just yeah. for you and, you know, just for me. And just that, you know, it places a ton of value on that individual. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think too, like I love to dream and imagine what that'll be like. Yeah. I think it's important for us to do that. I think scripture tells us to do that. Um, but we said this last week too, but just a reminder that this new garden, you know, mm -hmm. when, when John sees it, I know there are people that struggle like streets of gold and oh, yeah, all these yeah. kinds of things. They struggle to connect with that. But we have to remember that John was just using the absolute best stuff he can imagine right. to describe what this new earth and, and the new garden is like. Right. doesn't mean that's actually what it is. It right. just means that, man, this is the best. So whatever the new is for us, the new garden, it is better than anything we could possibly imagine. Right. And I know that for students, you know, junior high or high school students, or maybe even college students that, you know, when it comes to streets of gold or, you know, the, the sea of glass, well, is it actually that, right? People a lot of times have questions. Well, what's, what's heaven actually going to be like? Are we actually going to, you know, ride lions or whatever? And I think that's really the answer. We don't know. Yeah. Like we've never been there. However, whatever you imagine the best being Way better than that, right? That's nothing compared to what it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's exciting to think of this journey uh, that we're on now. And as we continue each year and we, we remember the events of Easter and we go through this, yeah. is that this is where it's leading. 
yeah. uh, is, is the newness, the withness with God, the Father, uh, the Spirit, the Son, all of us together living as we were designed to live right. in community. Um, so right. uh, let me have a word of prayer to close this yeah, out. And then, uh, yeah. Father God, thank you so much for a chance to, to jump into your word and to reflect on these things here, but also over Easter weekend as we open up your word and worship together and sing and reflect on each of these moments. Uh, we thank you for thinking about us so much. Uh, in fact, your scripture says that um, your thoughts of us outnumber the grains of sand in mm -hmm. the world. Which mm -hmm. It's crazy to think about, but we thank you for all of that. And mm -hmm. we pray you would help us uh, to worship and help us to follow and help us to uh, know that you are with us uh, even now, even in the midst of our solitude and our sheltering, and that you are leading us to a place when you get to announce that separation is no more mm -hmm. and we will be with you. You will be our God and we will be your people. And the things we experience now, no more. Mm -hmm. We look forward to that day until then. Um, uh, encourage us, hold us up, and help us keep our eyes on you. And may we see Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So we want to thank you uh, yeah. again for listening in and uh, ask, week, right? uh, join us next week as we'll yeah. get into post Easter, a new series. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So until then, we'll see you next time. Sweet. See ya.